ubiquitous among Japanese mythology, are the Oni. Oni are usually depicted as malevolent, villainous beings, like trolls or goblins. They range from out-and-out evil monsters, to mischievous tricksters, to revenant forces of revenge, all the way to protective guardians adorning temple roof tiles, not unlike the gargoyles atop European churches. Historically, the Oni were very spiritual and metaphorical in nature, representing natural calamity and vengeful forces, eventually. Particularly with the arrival of Buddhist imagery into Japan, the Oni were depicted with more corporeal forms. They are often seen today in masks or paintings, depicted as humanoid ogres with a pair of horns and a grimacing face. Much as the multitude of orcs and goblins of European folklore were combined and standardised after J.R.R. Tolkien's fantasy depictions, pop culture slowly took the many depictions of Oni from paintings, statuary, woodblock prints and temple roofs and settled on a very standard depiction of a lumbering figure, red or blue in colour, with two horns, big fangs, a wooden club, and a tiger skin robe. I'm Luke Summerhays, and I love Electabuzz. Electabuzz is a squat, humanoid, electric-type Pokémon. It is round and chubby enough to hold a cute charm, but still has a good set of intimidating claws and fangs. On Electabuzz's head are two electrodes, or perhaps lightning rods, or indeed, horns. It is fairly well accepted that Electabuzz draws inspiration from the Oni, who have, after all, been historically blamed for lightning strikes or even depicted as storm deities. But the design is adapted in a unique and interesting way, the overall horned humanoid shape is kept, but rather than a generic ogre wearing a tiger skin, Electabuzz has its own full coat of tiger-like fur. It's the difference between a Pokemon inspired by a Japanese mythological creature, and seeing that creature reproduced wholesale in another JRPG. While Oni are usually depicted as villainous, or at the very least troublesome, Electabuzz is no more or less friendly than any other Pokémon or animal. The Pokédex does talk about them eating electricity and, in their most Oni-like move, sometimes causing blackouts. Electabuzz, Magmar and Jinx formed a kind of trifecta. Side by side in the Pokédex, each inspired by a yokai, and each given a pre-evolution in the second generation. Later, Jinx caused a bit of controversy in the West, and was more or less dropped from the anime, as discussed last week. So by the fourth generation, it is only Electabuzz and Magmar who are given powerful new final evolutions. Electabuzz has made a few appearances in the anime, once even wearing a kimono and playing a little music. The most amusing thing about Electabuzz in the anime is the bizarre noise it makes. I choose It reminds me of Boss Nass, as played by Brian Blessed in Star Wars Episode 1. In the second generation games, we were introduced to Elekid, an infant Electabuzz. It's cute, for sure, with a certain rebellious charm. Elekid is easily my favourite of the original batch of baby Pokemon. 
looking not like a Muppet Baby's version of Electabuzz, but genuinely like a previous form in a proper evolutionary line. Elekid looks like a squat little humanoid with head prongs shaped like an American or Japanese electrical plug. My number one request for the upcoming Pokemon Sword and Shield, set in a region ostensibly based on the British Isles, is that we get a Galarian form with the three-pronged UK plug. Elekid's first appearance was in Pikachu's Rescue Adventure, the short film which accompanied Pokemon the Movie 2000. There, he actually came across as pretty powerful and competent. Finally, in the fourth generation, we were given a further evolution. Trade an Electabuzz holding an Electrizer to get Electivire. Electivire is much bigger and bulkier than Electabuzz, with tentacle-like electrical wires protruding from its back. While the fourth generation is often criticised for an overabundance of new evolutions and pre-evolutions, often lacking the charm of the original monsters on which they build, Electivire is a great-looking monster. Electivire's shaggier look is reminiscent of the Namahage, a character not dissimilar to the Oni, usually depicted by figures in straw outfits, who descend at wintertime to expel evil spirits from homes. Of course, the hairy beast look is also not unlike a yeti, or the abominable snowman, or a good old-fashioned gorilla. Electivire enjoyed a brief period atop the competitive metagame early in the fourth generation, infamously often paired with Gyarados, but ultimately there are too many faster and more powerful electric types to contend with. Electivire's first anime appearance was in an episode which I actually saw on TV during its original UK airing. It was at the conclusion of the advanced generation to herald the coming of the Diamond and Pearl anime, around the time my brother and I would record Pokemon episodes on the TV and watch them after school. Gary Oak returns to Battle Ash after a few episodes in Kanto, and his surprise Pokemon is an Electivire. It was certainly cool and powerful in that appearance, and did make me excited to see the new season. Jonathan Cromie, composer for this show, had this to say about Electabuzz. I want to talk about Electabuzz in relation to Magmar, because they're very much counterparts, but I like Electabuzz more. They both try to turn a legendary being, which I'm sure you've already talked about, into Pokemon, but Magmar failed the moment they gave it a bottom for a head, duck lips, and low speed. Meanwhile, Electabuzz looks genuinely ferocious, and its evolved form rather cuddly. They did a good job with them. There has always been a small contingent of Pokemon fans, or at least people who were Pokemon fans as children, who maintain that the original 151 monsters are the best, the only ones that count, and who bemoan each new generation as not the same, not really Pokemon. To me, the Electabuzz family is a great example of an original generation Pokemon who has only been improved by the addition of a cute little pre-evolution and a big tough final evolution. Music for Luke Loves Pokemon is by Jonathan Cromie, and artwork for the show is by Katie Groves. Shout out also to our supporters on Patreon, who help keep the show on SoundCloud. If you're enjoying Luke Loves Pokemon and you haven't already, please head on over to the Twitter and Facebook pages, which can both be found at Luke Loves PKMN. From there, you can get in contact about the Pokemon we'll be covering next, Magmar and Pinsir. I'd love to hear from you about any monster, so please say hi. I love Electabuzz. And remember, I love you too.